Episode 315, January the 11th, 2018. Really? The 11th already? Damn. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and appreciate Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards supporting the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, well, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. All right, let's take a real quick look at the numbers for FCA for 2017. It's no secret that 2017 really wasn't the best year for the automaker. FCA US extended its losing streak to a 16th consecutive month in December as sales fell an additional 11%. Jeep Chrysler, or just Chrysler and the fledgling Alfa Romeo brand posted gains in December. Nothing to be ashamed of. Year-end numbers are typically nothing to get excited over anyway, since most of us really aren't putting a new vehicle under the tree. Let's face it. The company's fleet mix dropped to 12% for the month from 19% a year ago, in a massive drop from the numbers we saw earlier this year. Overall, a 7% drop in fleet sales across a year isn't necessarily a call for massive changes. For the year, FCA U.S. sales only dropped 8.2%, which isn't bad considering for a massive tooling shift, a new facility, and the end of at least two model runs, and all oh, the beginning of two new ones. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Not to mention, we're seeing everyone but just about everyone putting Jeep on hold, Jeep buying on hold at least, for a little bit until we see some more news come out about the new 2018 Wrangler that, well, everybody is really excited about. Year-to-date, Jeep sales are down 12% from this time last year. Ram is down only 6.9% after a very strong year in truck sales. Presser managed to squeak in a meager 2.6% increase over last year's numbers, which again is odd as 2017 had more months of lackluster numbers for the brand than good ones. No surprise that Fiat is down a massive 33%, including some of some that the writing indicating the sum that the writing is definitely on the wall for Jeep and Ram to make an exit uh, from the failing Italian brand. Also, not entirely surprising that Dodge was down 23 point, uh, 23% this year. They've had a hard time making up for the slip in sales of several of its model lineup. It seems the overall trend is leaning towards crossovers more than anything. It's worth noting that sales of the Jeep Cherokee rose 18% this year. The Grand Cherokee was up 1.6%, Jeep Compass up 9.9%, but the sales of the Jeep Wrangler were down 13% after 2017 wrapped up. A decent decline for sure, but let's face it, with the 2018 Wrangler JL being so attractive and pretty much near the same price point as the JK was, and with your ability to now completely build one online through Jeep's site and mod it and customize it exactly how you want it, getting a virtual rendering of what it might look like in your driveway, well... It really makes sense that the JK and JKU now seem like yesterday's news. So it's all interesting news internally. But how does the automaker measure up in the market as a whole? Well, FCA US had a market share of about 10.8% in December 2017, down from 11.5% in December 2016. 12% for all of 2017, down from 129 in 2016. 
This could be explained by multiple model lines coming to an end, fleet sales being shifted to a lesser share, and a complete redesign of the flagship model line all might explain a dip versus a rise in market share over the last fiscal year. Okay, enough with the boring numbers. Let's get into some exciting ones, shall we? Like some real-world numbers behind the fastest SUV on the planet. Yeah, the Hellcat-powered Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. We all know that it's one of the fastest ways to take the kids to soccer practice in 2018. But just how fast? About 175 miles per hour fast, according to a recent test run conducted by world-renowned Hennessy Performance. Amidst exercising demons and giving Ford Raptors a third axle last year, the Texas-based performance shop also made plans to turn the Trackhawk into a legendary bird of thunder. Not satisfied with the 707 horsepower on tap from the 6.2-liter supercharged Hellcat engine, Hennessy unveiled plans for an HPE 1000 upgrade designed to boost it to check this out. 1,012 horsepower and a gigantic 969 foot-pounds of torque. One of the features that sets this Grand Cherokee apart from all other SUVs is off of the showroom floor, this thing's got its launch control system. The customizable engine management system is like a video game come to life. It's capable of rocketing the mega SUV from 0 to 60 miles per hour in an eye-watering 3.5 seconds, easily. But Hennessy needed to go a little further with the stock model before testing out its upgrades. Specifically, the shop wanted to determine whether or not the Trackhawk's true top speed was what they claim. Jeep claims the truck is capable of 180 miles per hour. With no public, no publication out there has gotten a chance to verify this yet because, well, that, that's a pretty quick run. And, well, you're going to need a lot of room to do that. But a quick blast on Hennessy's runway shows that the stock Hellcat only has enough fire in its belly to take it and push it up to 175 miles per hour. After which it appears the laws of aerodynamics begin to finally take effect. The ZF 8-speed automatic transmission in this thing also seems to acquit itself pretty well, holding shifts until just past the red line. I think Jeep has really figured things out as far as that transmission goes. John Hennessy himself reports that the vehicle is quote-unquote completely stable at the limit, though you can see the temperature gauge climb noticeably over the course of the run. It also doesn't seem like 180 miles per hour is even possible, at least without a few more miles of runway as it is, as it takes a full 15 seconds to get from 170 to 175 miles per hour, the equivalent of nearly three-quarters of a mile at those speeds. It's easy to laugh off the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk as a ridiculous, brutish thing. But the way the Hellcat motor is able to overcome the sheer weight and drag of a full-size SUV and push it to those speeds is undeniably impressive. If any of you out there ever get a chance to launch one for yourself, you guys got to give us a call immediately afterwards and let us know what you thought. And hey, if you guys want to let us know about a Jeep story that we should look into, or if you have any feedback at all to any one of our stories, let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I'd like Why for do it you to need be... to go that fast? <laughs> oh, people don't answer. Uh, ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> because you can. That's, there we go. <laughs> you have to, Tammy. Uh, pro uh, proper takeoff uh, speed is, uh, is very important before you uh, climb into the air. Tony, I'm gonna I'm gonna go way out on a limb here, and I'm gonna make an assumption, and and just assume that Tammy may not be a speed demon like you and I are. <laughs> yeah, I think you assumed right, Josh. Okay, okay. You know, I don't know if you guys, uh, I know Josh, you're not on Facebook that much, but every so often, one of the questions that people will just put up is, "What's the fastest you've ever gone?" And I always assume that means 
at the controls. You know, you have to, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, like you can't fly a commercial airline or something like that. It's something that you're in control of. And I've always been very happy to say 175 miles an hour. But that was I in an airplane, uh, not yeah, on the ground. I was going to say, that's not ground speed. I just no. know it. <laughs> and, and it's not the same. It's just, no, it's, no, it's not, not the same. Even if you're flying really low like I was, that wasn't supposed to, but was. It's just fun to go fast. Yeah, and and, and, really and frankly, that's why I'm in a Jeep. Because when I was younger, uh, you know, the, I just loved the speed. It, it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I really liked it. I uh, moved to trucks and then moved to Jeeps. Uh, and I still drive it fast. I just can't drive it as uh, in excess of 130 miles an hour. Well, you know, time and place. I mean, obviously, you know, the neighborhood as you're uh, picking the kids up from school isn't the place to uh, or time and place to, you know, uh, get your lead foot on. But, uh, right, you know, exactly. on you know, that stretch of freeway where you know there's no exits and you know there's no places for a cop to uh, to hide and. And well, why not? You know, the traffic's not that thick. So I'm going to go ahead and push the pedal a little bit and uh, have myself some fun. And, and that's what it's all about. Well, you know, it's, it's we have a, a beltway here, Beltway 8, that I call the Houston Audubon because ah. uh, you it, basically you pay to drive on this toll road. So the cops don't mess with you that much. And a lot of people go out there very early in the morning or I guess you could say late at night and drive very fast. Now, just driving back and forth, I used to work at HP, and I would take Beltway in occasionally, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cruising along 70, 75 miles an hour, and BMWs and Corvettes and, you know, the, the, the ones that are, oh, and of course, Mercedes, they would be going at least 100 miles an hour. I mean, That's at crazy. least. I mean, you get out of the fast lane if you're driving 75 or 80. Because people yeah. are going to be upset with you not getting out of the way. Anyway, this is a this is a huge beltway. I I don't know if it's a hundred miles around trip or something. It's it's just huge. It goes all the way around Houston, and uh, it's just a it's a place where you can drive really really fast and and really not have much problem. Now I will say to be responsible, be a responsible adult here. It's it's always very very dangerous to drive in anything excess of you know, whatever the, uh, you know, I'd say 20, 20 over the speed limit. Uh, and Tammy, I think, I think people that drive 60, if that's the speed limit, that's fine. Just get the hell out of the fast lane. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Tony on this one. And, and of course it, it, we would be irresponsible if we didn't say that uh, it would be in your best interest to follow all laws of the road and yep. obey speed signs. Well, things happen so quickly. Uh, it, it just at 130. Uh, and, and it's not really your mm-hmm. fault. It's the people that are driving the speed limit. Those are the ones that mess you up <laughs> because they come up so fast. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, coming up here and later in the show, she tried her best to become the new voice of Jeep. We'll have voice talent Kelly Buttrick on to tell us how it all went. And next week, well, it's a whole nother story, guys. Straight from the Roadhouse, we'll have the one and only Clyde yeah. from the Paps Boys Roadhouse on to chat Jeep, <laughs> beer, and God knows what else. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, we had Kelly on way back, uh, episode 218, uh, some over, uh, going on two years ago. I'm really anxious to talk to her and find out what all happened with her, uh, well, with what we learned back on uh, 218. So looking forward to that interview coming up. Hey, each and every one of you can call and help get the word out. How would you like to be directly responsible for our success? Eh, you in the back. I'm talking to you too. Just start posting about us in all those Jeep groups you're a member of on Facebook. I mean, don't do anything that would get you kicked out of them, but 
you know, ask permission and then uh, give us a mention here and there and occasionally direct people to our site uh, to download our free app, free app. <laughs> it will really help spread the word. So now we're going to get back to our Jeep tips segments that, gosh, Steve just has given us so much information about uh, airing up, airing down, and uh, uh, the contraptions you can use to accomplish that. This is going to be part eight of airing up. Hi, this is Steve 4.3LXJ with another Jeep tip, and I'd like to continue in our series on airing down. And this time I'd like to talk about uh, one particular specialized component of my own system, and that is the high rev feature. And this has more than one application that goes beyond just running a compressor faster. Uh, for instance, if you have a five-speed manual transmission or a six-speed in your Jeep and you get on a very steep hill and you have to stop for some reason, you can uh, have a good time rolling backwards before you get going forwards again by the time you uh, let off the brake and uh, let out the clutch and give it a little gas. So with this particular high rev feature, you can uh, set it for whatever RPM in advance you want and you can engage it and start to let the clutch out before you take your foot off of the brake and have the Jeep start going uphill and then you can turn it off quickly and use the skinny pedal like you normally would. The second uh, thing you might you want to use this for is for jump starting another vehicle. Uh, you can rev the Jeep up and use the alternator to charge the battery and give it a few more amps while you're charging it up. And this isn't new. Uh, tow vehicles and so forth have these features already on them. It's just that they don't market anything like this for Jeeps. So you have to make your own. And the way to do that is to take a uh, piece off of some old school carburetors. It's a, just a vacuum diaphragm that uh, has a plunger that goes out of it and is used as a high uh, rev or a higher rev uh, piece of equipment for uh, any number of, of things. Uh, the uh, one that I used was off of my 86 Jeep, and it was to help my poor little 2.8 uh, liter V6 have a few extra RPMs whenever the power steering pump was under pressure. So I just scavenged it and did a little uh, en engineering on it, uh, got some uh, JB Weld out and glued it on and uh, put a tab on the uh, uh, throttle uh, where it hooks up and rotates and screwed it out to where I wanted it. And so when the plunger goes out, it puts my engine up to about 2,500 RPMs. And uh, you can do any combination with that. It doesn't have to be that high, but that's what I chose. Um, so that there is uh, applications that you can use this feature for that go beyond air. And as I said, you use this particular little vacuum pot to uh, advance the throttle. And the way that you operate it is the easiest way is with an ARB uh, air locker valve. And these are special little valves that not only allow air to go through them at a high rate, but it allows air to go back out because the uh, piston has a little bypass in it when it's in the closed position. So it allows the vacuum pot to uh, drain the air uh, off of them. So, uh, or excuse me, the vacuum uh, back through it. You use engine vacuum to power these things. So, uh, 
that feature then has multiple uses and is not hard to set up, but you do have to use a little ingenuity. And I'm going to assume that if you're going through the trouble of making your sand and air compressor or an equivalent work as an air compressor and put all these other components on, that you probably have the expertise to make one of these little vacuum advance high RPM uh, gizmos work. And you can make it work off of the pressure switch, or you can even add another switch and isolate it if you want with a relay so that you work it from a little switch inside so you can use it on hills or whatever you want to do. And, you know, it can make it real handy in an off-road situation. So uh, I think this is something that most people don't think about but wish they had if they've got a standard transmission and they go off-road. So uh, I wanted to bring this up in its own segment so that you have an opportunity to make your Jeep more off-road capable in addition to making your air compressor work better. See you on the trail. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Oh, Jeepers, you are so lucky listening to this podcast because we are a member of the 4x4 Radio Network along with many other podcasts that are all off-road related. So if you need an off-road fix and you just can't get enough podcasting, well, head over to 4 x4radionetwork.com. You can learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. We're there too, guys. It's your one-stop shop for everything off-road audio related. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, guys. So last week I started my five must-have series with five be-prepared kits for your Jeep. And I'm going to continue that series this week with five basics you can start with in one of those kits, the Road Recovery Kit. But first, some timely advice with that big winter storm that swept through the East Coast. And a salty Jeep is a sad Jeep. That's what I learned this past week. And my Jeep is extra sad this winter because of all the road salt that was poured on our roads so far this year just from that one little storm. Well, it was a big storm for some people, but for us, a little storm. Anyway, this salt is extremely corrosive and can cause so much damage to your Jeep and your vehicles. And this damage is rust, which accelerates with repeated exposure, which happens in the wintertime. Now, this salt is also extremely bad for your soft tops. And keeping your Jeep salt-free is not realistic unless you park your Jeep in the garage all winter long and don't drive it. So that's just very unrealistic. So there are several ways you can avoid this salt. First of all, you should wash your Jeep as soon as possible after it snows. And many, many times in the winter, some suggest weekly, especially the underside of your Jeep. Now, this tip, I know this is going to be hard for Jeepers, but avoid driving through large puddles of standing water. This is where the road salt collects. And when you're washing your Jeep or any vehicle, a power washer is the best, especially in the winter with all this road salt, because you can spray the water into all the nooks and crannies because the salt and road crud hides everywhere. Now, you should avoid washing your vehicle in temperatures that are below freezing because the water is going to immediately freeze. And I know a few people 
who had their locks, their door locks frozen. Um, the windows could be really hard to de-ice because the water freezes on it. Now, if you can't take the nastiness of the salt, like me, I was going absolutely berserk, and you need to wash your Jeep, drive it around the block a few times before you wash it because this will warm the hood up, turn your heat on high, it's going to warm the inside of the Jeep, and this should help somewhat keep the water from freezing, freezing while you wash it. And the other thing is you need to pay very extra, just a lot of care to that soft top. Now, I get this question a lot. Can you take your Wrangler into a car wash? Well, you can, and I have a couple of times, but you really shouldn't. You should avoid the automatic car washes if you have a soft top, because especially the brush-type car washes, because they can scratch your vinyl windows. But if you're like me and you get your windows scratched anyway while you're off-roading, I guess it really doesn't matter. And also, there's dirt left on the brushes from other vehicles that can also scratch these windows. So a touchless car wash might seem like a good idea, but it's still not because it could damage your soft top as well because of the high-pressure nozzles coming from various directions could do some leakage to your soft top. And the other thing is those harsh chemicals in the car wash soaps are very bad for your soft tops. So the best way to clean your soft top is by hand or in a manual car wash, and you can start First, by spraying with just water from the top down. And then I don't wash my soft top in the car wash. I will come home and wash it. And I'll use the special cleaners you see here I have from Best Top. They have a cleaner for your soft top. Um, and you can follow the directions on the back. And then they also have a protectant for your soft top. Neither of these should be used on the vinyl windows. They also have a special bottle um, for vinyl windows, which obviously I don't have because I ran out cleaning them. But those are um, suggested by Best Top. Best Top also told me that you can use warm water and dish soap, but I would tend to stay away from the dish soap myself too, but that's just me. Anyway, when you do clean your soft top, use the Microsoft cloth and make sure they're clean and wet. Now, the other thing is you want to keep the underside of your Jeep really super clean and free from that salt, especially if you're off-road because you're going to scrape the underside of your Jeep a lot, and that is going to be susceptible to the corrosion with all that exposed metal. And so in the spring and the fall, you're going to want to take care of that, sand it down, repaint it just to make sure it's extra protected. Okay, so now on to those five must-haves. Now, I mentioned five Be Prepared kits last week, and one of those kits was my road recovery kit that everybody should have in their vehicle, whether you are a Jeeper or not, whether you go off-roading or not. Now, some of these items cross over, and you can use them in different things like off-roading or like your road recovery kit. Everyone should have a toe strap and gloves. Now, you, I'm going to include that in the off-road recovery kit, which I'll mention later. So the five basics to start your road recovery kit are jumper cables, a fire extinguisher, and make sure it's a vehicle, a fire extinguisher for a vehicle. And you guys can check out my blog next Thursday on jeepmama.com. I'm going to share the mounts that I use, where I mount my fire extinguisher, and the type of fire extinguisher I use. And that's at my blog on jeepmama.com. The other items you should have are road safety reflectors or flares a good first aid kit, and a weather emergency kit. 
unless you live in Texas, you probably don't need this. Um, and Tony, a weather emergency kit for the winter. And you probably have never heard of this before, but there's snow shovel, emergency blanket or extra sleeping bags, a flashlight with extra batteries, of course, food, snacks, water, and then candles and matches. And you also can follow along on my blog for this five must series in case you forget. And on my YouTube channel, um, you can check out my new vlog, Jeep Mama's Garage. I'll have all this there too. So, whew, that was a lot to take in. So rewind it and you can play it back again. Anyway, coming up later in the show, we're going to wrap up our hot shock talk with part two of the Jeep Talk Show's definitive guide to shock replacement. So I'm thinking uh, it's bad when a shock gets hot. Yes? No? <laughs> Did I say it wrong? <laughs> no, no, no you, you, you got it right. Yeah, I think he's right. trying to crack a joke and it's not <laughs> Yeah. But you can, you can, you can have hot shocks, shot, hot shots. <laughs> now, so you're saying shots, yeah, I know. completely yeah. different, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> also good for a winter kit. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, where, where was the flask in that list, Tammy? Come <laughs> yeah, on. I That's, know. You know. <laughs> I'm curious. Do, oh, do you, you know what? Speaking of flasks, I got this really cool bracelet. I know. My goodness. That's huge. For, for Christmas, but you know what it is. Yeah, I see a little knob on there. Yeah, you can twist this knob off, and I can put my wine in there. Oh, oh you need sake. some. That's you need <laughs> something stronger. That's that's not that big of a container. You need something stronger to go in there, Tammy. Uh, <laughs> I can just see you in the back of a police car getting a drink out of your. I know. Look, 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 look. <laughs> Pulled over for, for drunk driving. Oh, no, no. <laughs> knocking on wood. No, and, no, no. And no, the cops looking at this rear view, going. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I can see it. And Tammy says, want some? Uh, just, <laughs> just absolutely beside himself. <laughs> oh. Who who searched this woman? <laughs> oh, great stuff. Uh, so, um, crap. What was I going to say? I don't know. Something not fun. About the, yeah, something about the kit, <laughs> the winter kit. You noticed that the first one didn't fly, but the second one wasn't so bad. <laughs> got you laughing and jeepers if you're looking for a source not just a source but the source of jeep tech info how to's gathering of other jeepers just like you well you got to head over to our forum go check it out jeeptalkforum.com once there you can engage with other jeepers just like us and just like you you can ask questions get answers to questions all that sort of stuff and there's even a bunch of pics and videos other stuff you can even find selections of transcripts right from segments here on the show if you're worried about how you're going to be treated like on the, some of those other forums, it's not like that. Trust me, there's no flaming, no making fun, and of course, no such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your 7th or 8th, 20th Jeep, it doesn't matter. There's something for every Jeeper at JeepTalkForum.com. If you guys like what you hear, give us some feedback, please. Click that five-star review and leave us a comment. We always read our reviews live on the air. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, Podcast Addicts Everywhere, Anywhere, and tell us what you think of the show. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I think it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Last week, we started our two-part segment outlining everything you ever wanted to know about shocks for your Jeeps. Well, for our Jeeps, anyways. Uh, and maybe even some stuff that you didn't want to know. 
We got into some specific terminology when talking about shocks and their various components. We even talked about the different kinds of shocks and how they work, and touched on some of the pros and cons of each, and even got into the right way to mount them. But there's even one very important aspect that we didn't touch on about picking out shocks that a lot of people will plain and simply overlook. And that's the one size definitely doesn't fit all rule. In order to get the right shock for your Jeep, don't turn to lift height. That's not the right way to measure for shocks. Before we get into the exact way to measure for replacement shocks, we may want to address why you're replacing your shocks to begin with. Sometimes you may be thinking about changing your shocks when you really should be thinking about your springs. A lift kit will often include springs that have a higher spring rate than the factory ones do. The reason for this is that a higher spring rate will help lift the vehicle in addition to a taller coil spring or a lift spring with more arch. We also often will add a lot of weight to our Jeeps with things like winches, heavy bumpers, armor, racks, V8 engine swaps, so on. You get the idea. The purpose of the spring, however, is to hold the vehicle up. Adding spring rate when you aren't adding a whole lot of weight will result in a very stiff ride. And that's one reason that several manufacturers are offering progressive rate springs nowadays in some of their lift kits. These provide the additional height that is desired without a significant increase in spring rate. If you're looking for a better ride, shocks may be a part of the solution, but consider whether you're fighting a spring with more spring rate than you really need. Okay, let's get into that measuring. The most basic step in getting the right shock for your Jeep is determining the extended and compressed height needed. Max out your suspension in both directions and measure from the upper shock mount to the lower shock mount. It helps do this with the current shocks completely removed, and I'm talking about all four corners, so that you are absolutely 100% sure that they are not limiting your travel in any direction, whether it's up or down. The angle that the shock mounts at has an impact on how effectively it can do its job, too. That's pretty straightforward physics, Jeepers. If the shock is mounted so that it moves in the same arch as the spring, well, all of its effort is going to be controlling that movement. If it's mounted at an extreme angle, such as what we see in some of those, you know, rock-bouncing buggy-like triangulated systems, well, the control that the shock has is drastically reduced. An angle of 45 degrees can require twice the amount of work by the shock to control the same amount of motion in the suspension as a shock mounted straight up and down. Now, I know this generally doesn't apply to most of us when we're replacing a shock in the stock location, but extended shock mounts, shock hoops, and switching from a leaf sprung to a linked coiled system will all dip into the realm of changing shock angles. So, just wanted to make sure you guys were aware. So let's get into some of the finer points of measuring for aftermarket shocks. Finding the correct length of aftermarket shocks takes more than an axle at full droop and a tape measure. Many other factors need to be considered. The first order of business is to know your extended length. The extended length is the overall length of the, sh of the shock at its longest point, measured from the mounting center to mounting center point. Whether your application uses an eye or a bar pin, it doesn't really matter. The only real exception is on a stem mount shock, which should be measured from the stem base to the center of the mounting hole. When choosing an extended shock length, you must be careful not to overextend the brake lines, exceed safe drive shaft angles, or on coil sprung vehicles, allow the coil spring to unseat itself. This is a very common occurrence on lifted WJ Grand Cherokees. I see it all the time out on the trails. It is also essential to note the motion ratio of the shock. I know this is kind of a weird term, but motion ratio is the amount of shock travel for a given amount of wheel travel. For example, if a shock is mounted vertically on a solid axle, the motion ratio is going to be one to one. If a shock is mounted at an angle, the motion ratio would change as the shock shaft goes through its range of motion. Remember I was talking about a 45 degree angle and twice the work? Well, there you go. This has an impact on extended length because a shock mounted at an angle but measured only in the vertical plane can result in a shock that is too short and suspension droop that is not optimized for the suspension travel available. 
Now, on some applications where lots of unsprung mass and high speeds are present together, like in desert racing, well, it's important to pair shocks with limiting straps. Most shocks are not designed for the high tensile loads that may be experienced at full droop when heavy axles and high-velocity shock cycling are mixed. Typically, in a rock crawling and average trail riding, you're not going to see this, but you know, if you're going to be getting into some extreme stuff or you're going to be getting into some uh, amateur racing with your Jeep, something you want to take into consideration. Next, you'll want to measure for collapsed length or the length of the shock at its shortest point. Things to look for when measuring for collapse length are chassis interference issues, overwrapping of the leaf spring pack, that's bad news right there, and coil bind on the coil suspension. It's also important to know that as a general rule, installing longer shocks will almost always require a corresponding change to the height of the bump stop, or else you're going to have to get into some body modifications. The reason for all this is that the longer shocks travel is, the longer the collapse length or the overall length of the shock will be. This is why suspension manufacturers often include bump stop extensions with their lift kits. When measuring for collapsed length, it, it is safest to include the entire length of the bump stop itself as well, as the typical OE-style bump stops will compress at least one-third to one-half of their height. So you got to take that into consideration. That is travel. In addition to understanding collapsed length, measuring for ride height is, a, is just as equally as important. Knowing the length of the shock body and the amount of shock shaft compression remaining will ensure that you're not using your shocks as bump stops or you don't overcompress the shock and bottom it out on the shock body. And, well, just trust me, that's going to cause permanent damage. I don't care who you are. Certain shocks, such as the Bilstein 5160, the great shocks, they move the dividing piston to the reservoir, thereby shortening the body and increasing the amount of up travel the shock has. Metal Cloak has taken this to the extreme with their six-pack shock design, which is unlike anything you've ever seen before, people. Trust me. It is incredibly impressive shock engineering at work, though. Shocks like these are a great upgrade when suspension up-travel is at a premium. Finally, if you are in doubt about how much your shock shaft is actually cycling, we'll run some travel indicators like O-rings or zip ties on the shaft itself to reveal just how far the shock shaft is actually traveling during compression. This is a great visual illustration as to what is happening under your rig in the real world. No more guessing, people. With all this information, you can outfit your Jeep with the right shock that is perfectly suited for your Jeep the way that you drive it, and how it reacts when off-road. Make all your measurements, write down all the numbers, Jeepers, and then contact the manufacturer of the shocks that you want and see if they have an existing model that will work for your needs, or if you need a custom set made. In the meantime, if you have a question about Jeep Tech, Mods, Electrical, or anything Jeep-related for that matter, maybe you just need some advice on a build, shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line Tech Talk. I'll answer your question directly here on the show, and I may even, even select it to air live. Great information, Josh, and uh, really appreciate it. a lot of detail there. I hope everybody is able to follow along with that. If not, rewind and listen to it again, like Tammy said earlier. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. Hey, I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And, and you're listening to the Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, guys. It's Dave from Oregon. I am from the Hillsboro area, which is just west of Portland. And I have a 2017 two-door Jeep Wrangler JK and have a question about the sway bar disconnects. What are the performance benefits of that? Is it more of a 
improved ability to uh, traverse the trails off-road, or is it more of a comfort thing? I have the dis- quick disconnects, and I'm not a big fan of getting down in the mud and getting all dirty to pull those things off, but I have noticed that the ride is quite a bit more comfortable as far as the left and right kind of shaking or jostling back and forth when you're on the trails. But does it help with traction and performance off-road? Be curious to hear what your thoughts are on that and maybe what you think of some of the alternatives are for the quick disconnect, if I can get away with one of those. I mostly ride uh, dirt roads and easy to medium trails. My Jeep is a daily driver, and I need to make sure that it's in one piece to get back to work on Monday morning after a weekend on the trails. Love the show. I have listened to all 300-plus episodes, and I look (laughs) forward to each new one every week. And if it matters, my Jeep is white, but my previous Jeep before that was black, and before that, it was a TJ that was green. Thanks. (laughs) Aw, Tony. (laughs) Well, first off, Dave, I want to thank you uh, for providing all the information I need to accurately answer your question here. It's always helpful when, when (laughs) when we've got, you know, we got a really good picture of, you know, who you are, what you're driving. And, and even better in this case, kind of the conditions and the style in which you drive your Jeep. Um, and so this was a relatively easy question. We can go very in-depth with this, but I'm just going to kind of cruise through this really quick. Because Dave, really, the sway bar disconnects are important. The sway bar is very important for a Jeep, especially as a daily driver. If your Jeep wasn't a daily driver, if it was just a weekend warrior, I'd say not worry about it, man. But with as much driving uh, you know, as a daily driver sees on the road... It is extremely important to have sway bars when driving on road. It just manages the attitude of the Jeep in all kinds of conditions, whether you're going around a corner in dry pavement or whether you have to swerve to miss that pothole or the squirrel that run out in the road when it's wet or something outside. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that can get into in your way and cause excessive body roll, which can lead to very, very nasty driving conditions and, and possibly even damage to your vehicle or, or you know, people's well-being. Um, so are they important on road? Absolutely. They are mandatory, uh, for most people. Now my Jeep has got a lot of modifications. It's also not a daily driver. I don't have sway bar disconnects, but if you're not comfortable with that and you're not in too, you know, heavy wheeling like I am, or, you know, it's a daily driver. Well, you're going to want to keep those things on there. Now, do they help you off road? In your case, Dave, you don't get into big rock crawling. It doesn't sound like you get into the kind of wheeling where you are really, exercising that suspension where you see lots of and lots of articulation in your case since you're not seeing yourself in the rocks a whole lot you're not seeing yourself on on you know very hard trails where a lot of suspension travel is going to either be required or it's just going to be happenstance in the nature of the terrain on that trail you know those kinds of things you are definitely going to want your to have your sway bars disconnected and allow that suspension to travel up and down and articulate the way that it was designed to Now, when you have everything connected like that, you're going to be limiting a lot of that suspension travel. And so when you're going off-road, and if you do end up getting into a little bit more extreme trails or whatnot, you may find yourself wanting to have that suspension travel and getting yourself that ability to gain extra traction. Because if you, let's face it, if you you get into an off-camber situation where you have to kind of climb up on a rock or something like that, or you're in a position where one wheel is up in the air and one wheel is not, you're losing traction. And if, if those sway bars were disconnected, you would allow that suspension to droop. You would allow the suspension to articulate. 
you'd keep all four wheels on the ground and therefore have added traction in cases where you may or may not need it. So, I mean, it, it's a catch-22. Can you wheel with sway bar disconnects? Absolutely. They will limit you, but if you're not into that extreme of terrain, might not be that big of a deal. On the road, they are vital, so you got to keep them on there. But uh, are there alternatives to in there? Well, yes and no. It depends on really your mechanical level and how far you're willing to go with this. JKS quick disconnects like sounds kind of like what you have on there. It's a great alternative to you know something that's homemade or a harder to use um, uh, version out there. I know some disconnects out there are a little bit clunky to use and 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 yeah, not very friendly. Now I do know in on some of the JK models there was an electronic sway bar disconnect. Um, which is an electronically actuated um, type of device that disconnects two halves of that front sway bar, allowing you to essentially have a sway bar disconnect without having to get out and climb underneath the Jeep when it's all muddy and stuff. So maybe look into some of those write-ups online on how to add that to a Jeep that doesn't have it. There's going to be some wiring. There's going to be some switch installs. There's obviously going to be some mechanical aspects to it as well. But again, it's all OE stuff, and so it should bolt right on. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not you have the mechanical aptitude to do it, the time and the tools to do it as well, and whether or not that's the direction that you want to go. So, Dave, I hope that helps kind of give you a, a brief kind of answer to your question there. I, like I said, we can go very in-depth with that, but I didn't want to spend a whole show talking just about sway bars or sway bar disconnects. So um, if you want some more information, shoot me an email. And I'll be happy to, uh, to answer you a little bit more succinctly um, online. So, Tammy, I know you've uh, wheeled uh, with and without uh, your, uh, you have an electronic disconnect on your Rubicon. What differences does it make for you? Um, I feel like your ride is more smooth when you're on um, even the little rocky trails. And there are some trails like Trail 11 at Roush Creek um, where you can do it without um, disconnecting. But you can just really hear your Jeep because when you're, um, flexing and articulating, you can really hear your Jeep um, stressing. Um, but you can still do it. I, ju I just feel like I feel more comfortable when they are disconnected because um, I don't feel like I'm putting that much stress on my Jeep. Yeah, well, you're letting the, like Josh said, letting the suspension do what it was designed to do. Uh, but there have been times where I have forgotten to push the button <laughs> and I'm driving along. I'm like, oh, shoot. And I'm done just fine. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, so it just depends on, you know, the trails. Yep. When I take mine off-road, I always uh, uh, take the disconnects off and flip them up and hang them up there because, uh, damn it, I'm off-road. Even if I'm on a trail, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use those disconnects that I spent 100 bucks for. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Dave, real, really quick, buddy. Uh, Hillsboro is actually where I work, even though I work on the, uh, the east side, or I live on the east side of town, uh, about an hour drive uh, east from there. But, yeah, I'm familiar with the Hillsboro area. Uh, and I, there's a very good chance that I may have seen you in traffic. So, uh, yeah, if you ever see a, a guy in a Honda, give you a Jeep wave. Well, that's me. <laughs> how, how can you detect it's a Jeep wave from a Honda, Josh? Uh, yeah, I could. No, everybody else around hands. me will be giving me a middle finger. Yeah. You need one of those big rubber hands that says Jeep on it. So everybody will know <laughs> from around the world or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
Well, we have a fun guest tonight, and I say fun because we, we've had her on the show before, way back in March of 2016, Tammy. you know when I, I can't believe it's been that long. When I looked this up, I was going, oh, that's before Tammy was even on the show. But I, I looked at no. the show notes, and, and there you were. Uh, you were there in the show notes. Uh, so uh, this is almost uh, two years ago. You've been with the show a long time, Tammy. Um, I know. But uh, this is Kelly Buttrick, and uh, Kelly, thank you very much for being with us again tonight. Thank you guys so much for asking me. I, I really was excited to come back. Oh, we had so much fun with you last time, and uh, you had such an interesting thing to tell us. And and I'll, and I'll just say this. I don't normally say this, but if you uh, are a uh, a listener of the show, but you, you're a recent listener and you haven't heard that uh, that episode that we did with Kelly way back when, you might want to press pause or press stop. Go listen to that, and uh, you'll get uh, some updates from what we talked about way back again on uh, episode 218, March of 2016. So Kelly, uh, before we get into the meat of this, could you give us a little idea, the, the people that haven't uh, heard you on the uh, the show here before, what, where are you located? So I live in the Athens, Georgia area, though I'm originally from East Lansing, Michigan. Excellent. And uh, oh, and critical, uh, you are a Jeep owner. Yes, actually, we own three, about <laughs> wow. two, four, <laughs> and uh, we. It, it's kind of funny. My husband bought in 2016. He bought the Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT, and it got stolen. Oh so, my goodness! No, no. Then he went out and got the same one, but 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT, and and uh, he actually let me drive it the other day. It was it was so much fun. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it might be time to get this one stolen because I think there's a Hellcat uh, version out. There is, but we're, we're not going <laughs> yeah. to share that with him um, <laughs> because that's a speeding ticket waiting to happen and we have a new driver in the house. So I think it's probably best not to put, because I'll, I'll tell you what, driving it, it is so completely different from my Wrangler, but driving it, you have no idea how fast you're going until you look down you're like, holy cow. Yeah, that's that's kind of in the, the the realm of not a Jeep. Whenever you can't tell, the, all the feel all the bumps and stuff, though, I think. Oh, yeah, Although no, the, the it, Grands is, it are, is a slick ride. It's it's kind of like driving a cruise ship, but a really, really yeah. fast one. The, but it's a, it's a luxury vehicle, and the Grands are just, I like the styling of the Grands. I, I certainly wouldn't want one for off-road use or uh, anything right. that has anything with off-road. But man, 700 horsepower, launch mode, 11 second quarter mile. Uh, top speed of 180 miles an hour. Oh, I could and do that. And ours has a G-force, a G-force indicator in it, and <laughs> paddles that you can drive with. And oh, wow, I was, I'm getting all excited just thinking about it again. Yeah, I, I drove it the other day to and from Atlanta to shifting, a, a voiceover you, job, and you, just had a great time. Vroom vroom. You're talking shifting paddles, right? Yeah. I was thinking maybe something yeah. whenever you were bad that you sped and you had to oh, punish yeah, I was, yourself. No, not that. Not that. Uh, shifting paddles. I was it's not a kayak paddle. Just a, a shifting paddle, but pretty darn cool. I was imagining like um, a game controller paddle. Or oh, something. that's I not a like, bad idea. No way. <laughs> That uh, would all be right. A cool so, car to drive in a car game. Yeah. So I think you can tell that we uh, we're good friends with Kelly because we're just going off on these tangents about talking about all kinds of things. Let's uh, let me get get the show back on track here. So <laughs> you're you're in uh, in Georgia, uh, but you, how much of a cultural culture shock was that coming from way up north to way down south? Total culture shock. Total culture shock. Um, but 
I miss Michigan so much, but I, I don't think I would ever be able to live up there full time again. It's just, it's so cold. Too cold. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were talking about before the, uh, before we started the, the recording, uh, you uh, actually missed the, uh, the snow from, uh, from up there. You were wanting snow this year and you didn't get any yet. No snow, no snow, much to, uh, all the school children's chagrin. Oh, poor yeah. guys. Yeah, it's very true. No so, bread and milk sandwiches. You know, everybody, that's what everyone uh, buys down here. Right. So, so now you drive a Wrangler, uh, um, or you did. Are you still driving the Wrangler? I do. So I've got a 2012 Jeep Wrangler um, that I absolutely love. And uh, what I, I didn't tell you guys ahead of time, but it's kind of a really cool thing that I, I can't wait to share with you. And that is that, and if anybody knows my dad, don't tell him. <laughs> oh, so my dad, my first Jeep experience was my awesome stepdad put a Willie's body on a CJ3 chassis oh. and put dune buggy tires on it. And we would go up and down the Silver Lake sand dunes that actually one of your earlier guests, the Michigan Jeep girl had mentioned. And I think you guys talked about a, a campground that, you know, some people at a campground there. And so my brother and I grew up in the back of this jeep and it was a, a bolted in bus seat that was the back seat <laughs> had such a great time but dad gave it to my cousin years and years and years ago who lives in the up of michigan and after this crazy wild kb for jeep campaign my cousin pulled me aside at the family reunion and he said i want you to have your dad's jeep oh, oh wow. wow and i said um wow i said you know i don't know what to do because our daughter got brian's old jeep grand cherokee so I, I, you know, they're thinking my driveway is going to look like a used car lot. And, uh, but the more I thought about it, the more I just knew I had, I had to have it. Of course. And so now, um, well, I called him back. I'm like, I really do want it. And so he, it is running still and he's going to bring it down to the family reunion and we're going to surprise my stepdad with awesome. it. And then my husband and I are looking for someone to help us restore it here in the Athens area. So if any of your listeners know, I'd love to know somebody because I want to be a part of it. I know that my dad's going to want to be a part of it. He's a big car guy, rebuilt lots of different cars, including this Jeep. We called it the Franken Jeep that he put together. Um, and we're going to restore it. We're going to paint it green. Brian, my husband, wants to put 4077 down the side. We, we cannot wait. Oh, that's so exciting. What a great story. We're going to I know. We're going to have to be we'll keeping to up with that Kelly. Along. Yeah, Definitely. keep us up to date with pictures and things and uh maybe during uh it's it's grand launch or something we can get you back and uh, talk about that. Yeah, um, it's going to be really fun. And I'm planning on purchasing the JL. I'm I'm um oh, hoping wow. and and I am talking with some people about it, but I would very much like to buy my new JL from a dealer who uses my voice. <laughs> that's a good, good idea and actually that's a good segue because i was going to mention uh you guys may be thinking gee that's a that's, a, that's just a great voice it sounds like she should be making a living from that voice <laughs> yeah really uh, or, or even that voice sounds so familiar where have i heard that voice before i have this this sensation of being on a train and and hearing this voice almost disembodied voice and i so kelly uh does uh voiceovers so tell us tell us about this because i think it's this a, such a cool way to, to make a living. I mean, it's not like you're Jimmy Kimmel or somebody that has to get all dressed up for a show to be on camera. Oh, no. You just use your voice and, and you can do this in your own home. I absolutely love what I do. So basically voiceover for anyone who doesn't know 
is anytime you hear a voice but you don't see a face. And commonly it's on TV and radio commercials. Uh, as Tony mentioned, I am the voice of a train, the Amtrak Acela Express. <laughs> um, I'm also now the voice of lockers, the US, the US, U, uh, the UPS access point lockers. And video games, in-store announcements, basically, again, anytime you hear a voice wow. and don't see a face. And so that's actually how the KB for Jeep campaign got started, is I was looking for a way to do what I love, which is voiceover for a brand that I've loved since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And that's how KB for Jeep came to be. I didn't realize, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I was thinking of KB voiceovers. So uh, you've had you've been doing the KB voiceovers long before you started the Jeep campaign, correct? I did. So I have been in business since 2010. And I actually, it's kind of an honor. I'm still kind of blown away by it. Uh, recently found out that uh, KB voiceovers made the Bulldog 100, which if you don't go to the University of Georgia, that probably means nothing. But right. what, it, what, it, what it means is um, my business is one of the 100 fastest growing businesses owned by UGA alumni. Wow. Uh, so, oh, awesome. So are we going to have to pay to use your voice here on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, absolutely not. You get uh, a friends and family discount. And, uh, uh -huh. you know, and KB for Jeep was a big part of that, that award being won. I've, I've won oh. actually several awards for it, but that KB for Jeep really, really had a, a positive impact on my bottom line, which, you know, launched me into that 100. All right. Well, now, now so how, tell everybody yeah, oh, that that hasn't listened to two eighteen or hasn't yeah. been keeping up with the 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 voice of Jeep campaign. What were you trying to accomplish? So, in a nutshell, I started a campaign to convince Jeep to use my voice because we all know that Jeep's four core values are freedom, adventure, authenticity, and passion, and those four core values really fueled the KB for Jeep campaign. And it's something that no other voice talent had ever done before. This is just not how marketing is done in our industry. I decided I wanted a voice for Jeep. So I did a full scale marketing campaign, pitching them on using my voice. And all of it was under the radar. Um, Tony and I had actually talked about it a little bit before I went public. Um, and my interview with the Jeep Talk Show was my first public interview about it. But I ended up getting covered in Adweek and Production Hub and Campaign US, uh, all of these big international advertising and marketing magazines about it because it was so unique. And it comprised videos and emails, snail mail, branded items, you name it, I did it uh, to try and get their attention. And then I got an email after the third video. And of course, I'd already produced eight. And this is what I couldn't, one of the things I couldn't tell you in the last interview. Um, so I got an interview from Kim Adams House, who is the head of Jeep Advertising. And in it, you know, I felt like I was kind of being patted on the head. Oh, <laughs> wow. And it said, if an opportunity presents itself for you, we will most certainly reach out. And that's a quote. So I called my agent and he said, Kelly, I know it's really hard for you, but you have to stand down. And I was like, oh, Why? so all of this money I'd invested in these videos, I, you know, I hadn't gone public yet. I didn't think I could go public without ticking them off. And I really was just, oh, it was awful. Then six months later, they launched their My Jeep Story campaign and, uh, oh, you know, the hashtag geez. My Jeep Story, encouraging people to share their story. So I looked at that as as the open door for me to go public with mine. And 
decided that that was it. I was going totally public. I was going to get every dollar out of what I had invested into the campaign. Of course, I invested more and created, ended up, let's see, I was doing social media content. I did branded items, mailers, emails directly to them, lots and lots of social media, ended up doing more than 35 videos highlighting not only my own Jeep story, but the Jeep stories of others and the Jeep community was absolutely wonderful and supportive and fantastic. And if any of you guys are listening who reached out or were a part of any of these videos, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I talked to people who owned inspirational Jeep dogs and did a series of videos called Jeep Dog Tales about dogs that were uh, inspirational in some way, shape, or form. And at the end of every video was a highlight of the charity of, of that dog owner's choice. I also did a series called Jeep Hair We Care, which accomplished oh, yeah. the impossible. <laughs> and that was trying to get usable audio from an open-top Jeep while you're driving down the road. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, every every engineer I spoke with basically laughed in my face yeah, yeah. Uh, about it. But we got it done. And um, yeah, I think the most famous person I had in there was my buddy uh, Brian Howard, who I had not met before this time. And he is the bassist for the band Cracker. I'm not sure if you guys remember that band. Athens is a big music town. And we, every person I had in there, we highlighted the whole purpose of it was to highlight different charities, local and national mm -hmm. charities. And, um, you know, again, on the play in the Jeep here, don't, don't care. It was Jeep here. We care. It was great. Um, clients recorded videos to Jeep telling them why they thought they should use my voice. Um, I did a series of videos about the Jeep Wave, uh, highlighting Jeep life, Jeep history. I mean, you name it. Uh, there's a video about it. <laughs> I did a whole video on why. Jeep should use a woman's voice that, you know, women really are having a significant impact on the SUV market and the car buying market in general. Now, let me ask you this. You said um, your agent told you that you needed to stand down. Why yes. did you? Why? Because the way that it was phrased was very much, as I, as I told you, it was very much a don't call us, we'll call you. Mm. So he was saying that we needed to stand down and wait, which is basically <laughs> what Kim Adams House had told me to do. And so I did. I stood down and waited, which is very much against my nature. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just a, you know, I'm a pretty proactive person. So, mm -hmm. but I did. I, I listened to his advice and stood down. But when they launched their campaign, that really opened the door for me to, sure. to jump on it. It would almost seem to be an invitation at that point, uh, you know, and almost uh, serendipitous that, you know, you were wanting to do this and they started this campaign. It's just like, okay, Kelly, now we, now we've got an actual conduit for you to come, come to us, show us what you got type thing. But it did, it really seemed to be the door of opportunity. Of course, um, my mom, bless her, my mom is convinced they took the idea. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, that and, crossed my you know, mind when you said it. it. <laughs> and, and that has been brought up by various people. And I, I really, I, I don't think that's the case. You know, who knows? Um, but, I, you know, I, I certainly wasn't going to let that opportunity go. Well, uh, when you do the lawsuit and, and you are the I'll owner of Jeep, yeah, I would no. like to get a, I'd like to get a free Jeep from you, please. I'll just put that no, in yeah. now but before no. I had everybody else. <laughs> I won't. And we, we can get into this later in the interview um, about kind of that theory. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way I looked at it and one of the PR people that I spoke with when I went public told me not to go public 
because she said that my ideas could be stolen. Yeah. And what I told her, which is the same thing I'm about to tell you guys, and that is, I don't care because right. I wasn't selling my ideas. I wasn't selling that. I, mm-hmm. What I was selling was my voice. I was merely using the campaign, the videos, everything as a vehicle, pun intended, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to put my voice and my passion and authenticity in front of the Jeep brand and their marketing decision makers. That was the whole purpose. I could have cared less if they took my ideas and ran with it. That really didn't matter to me. All I wanted them to do was give me a shot at being their voice. So, and can you imagine if we all just kept our ideas to ourselves because we are afraid someone's going to steal them? That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. And and I got where she was coming from. This this PR lady, um, you know that she was, and I was like, I don't care. That's why I'm going public. I really want to get out there. Right. And by the end of the campaign, I ended up owning almost twenty five percent of Jeep's Twitter voice. Oh wow! Was KB for Jeep? Interesting. Now, and yet, not one of my stories or any of the stories <laughs> I shared of other Jeep owners, no. Jeep dogs, ever even made their My Jeep Story uh, webpage. You're kidding. Nope. So, so you mentioned that this is something wow. that was unheard of. You People didn't do this in your industry. Was there any concern in your mind about perhaps being blacklisted just as a um, uh, the the slain uh, sacred cow does to make sure nobody else does this. Sorry for the cow cow reference. Yeah, (laughs) no, it just, um, no, I mean, there were people, I had people caution me, people in my industry caution me. Uh, I had people say, you're crazy. This is just going to be a waste (laughs) of money. Um, but the way I look at it is my background is in marketing and PR Mm -hmm. and I really, that I kept looking at all the different options. I'm also a planner. I'm a very cautious person by nature. And I talked to people and really kind of explored the idea. And the only people I thought I would really tick off would be the Jeep people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really hoping, and I may have, I mean, that that may be, you know, one of the, the reasons why they haven't used me yet. I use the word yet. Mm-hmm. Um, is I could have ticked them off. One of the things uh, an advertising client said to me after I launched the campaign, such a great guy though. And he said, Kelly, creative people don't like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And you're up there telling them what to do. They don't like to be told who to cast. And, you know, I just kind of looked at it like this, is, you know, Jeep is all about adventure and freedom and authenticity and passion and this whole campaign was all about that so i was really hoping that rather than take them off it would resonate with them well you know it isn't really until here recently with the jl coming out that i I really had thought they'd lost all their creativity over at jeep and 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 uh, pinned it squarely on the fca ownership uh so uh with the new jl they seem to be getting back to those those jeep roots so i think when you say you you're not the voice uh of jeep yet uh you may be right and actually it might be a blessing because uh i think you said this in here in the interview about uh they did uh have a female voice for the compass i I know money is money and jeep's jeep but i personally would much rather be a voice for a jl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, of course I would, but um, yeah, I just, I love the brand. I love everything it stands for. Good answer. And when I, when that compass 
came out and, and the name of the ad was Recalculating. It's a brilliant ad. It was done by DDB Chicago, their agency of record. Brilliant ad. But the voice they used on it was so much like mine that one of my agents <laughs> thought it was me. Oh, that's right. And it was such a gut punch because I was never given the opportunity to even audition for it, even though Kim Adams House had promised, if an opportunity presents itself, we will most certainly right. reach out. She didn't. And um, she promised me that twice over the campaign, and they didn't. Wow. And so I struggled with how to handle it in a in a classy way, in a positive way. Um and I, I really, I talked with a lot of different people that whose advice I trust. And I, I you know, so upset. I literally cried for three days. It was oh. such I a gut punch because I'd invested I so much of my heart in this. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was I posted a word. It was actually two words. The word was <laughs> ouch. Oh, and okay. then it said hashtag recalculating. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought that was kind of a good way to to handle that. And the other thing is that with the new jail, they have been sending out auditions uh, for that, for what we in our industry called specs, where they talk about what kind of voice they want, um, you know, female voice, you know, lower register, whatever. I have fit the specs on at least three of them. Not one of them has been sent my way. The only reason I know they came out is because of colleagues in the industry that have sent it to me and said, hey, we thought you should see this. So when those started coming out before they released the JL, before they uh, debuted it at the LA Auto Show, um, obviously I wanted a chance at it. Because again, Kim Adams House promised me twice that she would reach out, mm -hmm. and they didn't. So my agent contacted DDB Chicago, no response. I contacted Kim Adams House, I contacted Sergio, I contacted Olivier, I talked, contacted Mike uh, Manley, Scott Tallon, um, some of the big you know, players and decision makers at Jeep and sent them an email directly, very personal, very mm -hmm. honest, mm -hmm. uh, CC'd my agent and just said, hey, I really want a chance at this. Kim Adams House promised me a chance and I fit these specs and this is why. And the main argument as to why I think they should use me is that Jeep's all about authenticity and it doesn't get more authentic than a multiple Jeep owner who's been a lifelong fan. And it's not like mm -hmm. I can't handle a national campaign. I have voiced for some pretty major brands, mm -hmm. you know, Michelin, I mean, national campaigns. I've got an ad running now for Country Croc. Uh, I've got one coming out for Yamaha Boats and L'Oreal. And I do all kinds of work for Pandora. And I did a whole campaign for Toys R Us and JCPenney. So, you know, it's it's not like I'm somebody in a in a closet, mm -hmm. um, you know, with a with a microphone slammed into my laptop. I mean, this is what I do <laughs> all day, every day. So I had the the experience to back it up, and we heard nothing, yeah. nothing. Paybacks, from them. it's paybacks. It's got to be paybacks. How dare so just, you? It was really well. It, you know, it, it hurt. I mean, it really hurt and i know it's going to hurt when i hear that female voice on these spots that are about to come out i know it's going to sting in a really bad way i mean i got to be honest it, it's going to sting and um you know so which, which it, it's a it's ones? a promise that wasn't delivered upon it stung it hurt um but i still 
love the Jeep brand. I always have. I always will. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to try to, you know, to order my new JL. I'm really hoping to order it from a dealer that will use my voice, which would be great. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to, you know, bring out from the garage uh, where I've parked KB for Jeep to bring it out to talk about it. Um, and, and, you know, it really, the whole campaign was a win when you look at it by the numbers. And uh, there was one of, the, one of the episodes you guys were talking about numbers. And I'm a huge data freak kind of like the Michigan Jeep girl. I love data. <laughs> and um, data is just cool. So KB for Jeep ended up earning me more than $75,000 in free publicity. Wow. Which is huge. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I and, and in publications that are read by people who hire voice talent. And um, I won four Tele Awards, which are international awards honoring creativity in video, including their highest Tele Award for the overall KB for Jeep campaign. And it increased my bottom line by more than 30 percent. Mm-hmm. And the unexpected side effect, um, and I don't know how to say this without because I, I don't mean it to sound egotistical or conceited or you know, diva-like or anything like that, but the, the unexpected side effect that totally totally blew me away was the impact that it had on others. I I got hundreds, hundreds of cards and emails and texts and social media posts from people I knew, people I didn't know, men and women Mm -hmm. in and out of my industry saying how this campaign, the bravery behind it, you know, to do something that had never been done before to you know, grab the bull by the horns and go after something I really wanted had inspired them to do something similar. And, um, and I still, I mean, people will still, if any of you are on my Facebook page, you'll see people will buy a Jeep and post a picture or they'll see a something with Jeep and they'll post it on my page and say, Hey, look at this. So I'm still known as the Jeep girl for that. And, you know, that's, that's incredible. But those letters I mean, really, the cards that were sent in the mail, I mean, they just, wow, it really blew me away. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, It it was a a really unintended but uh, humbling side effect of that campaign. It's, I mean, we don't have near the the input from our listeners that, that you receive from this, but it's wonderful. Every time we hear from somebody, it's 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 a gift because not only did they take time to listen to you, they took time out of their busy day to send you something, whether it be a, a review or a text message or just some goofy little video that they wanted to share with you that happened to do with Jeep. It's wonderful. I know exactly what you mean. Or they invite you to come speak on their talk show. Yeah, no, that's never happened to me. Like you guys did. <laughs> you know, it just it was it just was an honor. And so in looking at it from you know, when you step back and and when I take my heart out of it, which is so hard, mm-hmm. um, when I take my heart out of it, KB for Jeep was really a huge success. And like I said, yeah, they they didn't do what they said they were gonna do. I wasn't even given a shot, but I still love Jeep. You still succeed. I've always will. You still succeeded. I mean, you may not have yeah. gotten exactly what you wanted, but you got, uh, pardon the, the the reference to the song, you got what you needed. Yeah. I mean, it was really great. And and I would have been foolish to launch this campaign without a secondary goal. So obviously, my number one goal was to voice for Jeep, but my secondary goal was the PR value, was to get my voice out there, as you and I were talking about before the uh, interview started, is name recognition is such a, a valuable thing. Yeah. and this campaign really created that for me. 
Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, now, Tammy, don't be. don't be sad. Don't be sad. This is a good thing. And, and you know, yeah, you never no, know. It's... Maybe one day they'll come to their senses and realize they need an authentic voice. Or, you know what? Maybe you've got a dealer who's listening right now that would love to use me for their voiceover or on camera or, you know, wants to sell me a Jeep and use my voice. That'd be great. Or give you a Jeep and use your voice. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to give any Jeeps away. Wouldn't that be cool? And, uh, you know, there was a part of me, the little girl part of me, that <laughs> bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. I was really hoping kind of like the, uh, what do they call that? The Random House Publishers oh, yeah. Clearinghouse Sweepstakes. $5,000 a week. There was a yeah. part of me that really wanted to wear makeup every day because I just knew that somebody from Jeep was going to show up at my door and be <laughs> right. like, hey, you here's just Jeep. It's all branded with KB voiceovers and we want you to be our voice and welcome to the family. I mean, there was there was a yeah. part of me that really hoped for that. They'd walk up with the flowers, the balloons and this really yes. big Jeep key. <laughs> yes, I was so, I just, there was a part of me, there was that little girl inside me that really was hoping that was going to happen. It didn't, but you know, a girl can dream. Well, you know, I was going to ask you this, but I think you've answered it. Uh, it could it could still happen. They could still come to their senses. <laughs> it could, you know, and I mean, who knows what happened? I could have ticked them off because I was telling creative people what I thought they should do. Um, I also think, and this is going to, you know, kind of be my girl power statement, but, you know, when a woman does something like I did, it's considered pushy and aggressive. Yeah. When a guy does something like I did... You know, it's considered innovative and, you know, it, it's not considered like that. Get and out there so and make something happen. I, yeah. I do worry that they think I was some crazy lady and, and I'm not. Um, you know, I run a very successful business. I am very strategic I don't in think how any, I run my business. I think so it's it really easy for I mean, them to knows? look at your look at your credentials and see that you're very stable and would be an excellent person for this job. I, I, I just can't help but think it's like, how dare she? That's not, this isn't proper channels. We don't do things this way and we have the power. So you, no, we're going to use anybody but you. And, and this, that's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really does. And I, and I know that's going to go through my head and, you know, as, um, as, as I caution other people when, they, when they, you know, get disappointed in things, you know, we can't get into their heads. We don't know what, they thought, um, I have a friend who used to do PR for Ford. And when the Jeep Compass thing came out, I called her, of course, in tears. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> wait. And uh, she asked around to a lot of her PR friends in the automotive industry. She lives in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And unanimously, they all said that they think that Jeep wasn't going to touch me with a 10-foot pole, nor would DDB, because they thought I was going to sue them. And, and it's oh. so funny because I would, that's just, wow. I'm not a litigious person. And why would I sue some, a brand I that I love and inspired me to do something right. really cool? I Damn. would never do that. Damn lawyers. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wouldn't do that. And so, but you know, they don't know that. And, mm -hmm. and no, they I don't know, the, but I, yeah. and the other thing that, that really bothered me is when I wrapped it in February of this year, um, I wrapped it. And I sent an email to uh, several people in the campaign, people who had engaged with it at Jeep and DDB and said, I've wrapped it, you know, thanks for everything you did to engage with it. And it really was a lot of fun and I learned a lot, but I'd really like to learn from the experts of, as to how this goes over and would certainly appreciate some feedback as I put this KB for Jeep as I park it and um, basically ask them three questions. What resonated, what didn't, and, you know, 
what would you have done differently? And then I said, if you don't have time to free form answer it, here is a six question survey. So really a fill in the, you know, it's not even a fill in the blank. It was like a A, B, C, or D. So take them less than two minutes to fill out. Yeah, good idea. Ask me how many people got back to me of those 10 that I sent out. Well, after they spoke zero. With, after they spoke with the zero. FCA legal term, uh, legal for <laughs> legal team, uh, zero. <laughs> zero. And all I was looking for was feedback yeah. because that's an important part of any marketing campaign is is to evaluate what worked and what didn't and you know so that when you do something again, you can learn from it. And so I'll never know what's in their heads and they they never gave me the opportunity to know. Kelly, can I share a million dollar idea with you? I'd love a million dollar idea. But yeah. Here's here's a million dollar idea. So what you do is you approach Toyota and specifically <laughs> for the <laughs> specifically for what's that? The FJ was it FJ Cruiser, the the the, the Wrangler equivalent. And mm-hmm. and you start a new thing. It was very popular. Can you hear me now? You start a new thing. Can you follow oh, me? Yeah. Can you follow me now? <laughs> oh, I love the can you follow me now? I love it. So you yep. do that and go, nah, 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 boo boo Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's funny. a very similar thing that was brought up. Um, there's a man named Philip Banks, and he lives in Scotland, and he's a very, very famous guy in our industry. And he's uh-huh. got this wonderful, you know, deep, resonant, fabulous voice. And I mean, he's on everything. And he contacted me. We didn't know oh, each other very nice. well, and he wanted to talk to me. And long story short, as we were talking, he said something like, um, and, and I'm going to do it wrong. So, Philip, if you're listening, please don't <laughs> laugh. But he said something like, you need to thank them. Yeah. He said, because you could be the voice of Land Rover. And he said, uh, or oh, Jaguar. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, basically saying that it didn't matter that I had pitched myself to Jeep and that I should be thanking them for not hiring me because that got my voice out there and that my voice would be great for any other brand, be it Land Rover or Jaguar as, um, as he called it or Toyota or whatever. And, you know, I voice for other, uh, brands. Um, I actually do a lot of voicing for GM for Chevrolet, uh, through Pandora. Um, and so, you know, I, I will voice for other brands, of course, uh, that's what I do for a living, but it would be really awesome to voice for Jeep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course, and that was that was your passion, and that's the one of the reasons why it resonated with so many people, and why they wrote you and supported you. They could feel that uh, that emotion, that raw emotion that you had, wanting to be a part of something that you've loved all your life. It makes makes perfect sense to me. Uh, it's just a shame that Jeep wouldn't want to have that have somebody that loves their product so much talking about it and. Because I think it would resonate with their buyers yeah. because it's such a and they acknowledge that when they were talking about how the, the changes they had made to the new JL, that they had listened, they had listened oh to the Jeep God, community, yes. they had yeah. really gone out and listened and made modifications based on that. And so you think if you're listening to the Jeep community and you want to talk to them and you want them to listen to you, who better than somebody with that passion behind the voice and that authenticity who took the freedom to go on this crazy off-road marketing adventure just to get them to use her voice? Oh, I hate talking about myself in the third person. That was yeah, weird. I know. I know how you feel. Uh, it's it's hard for me to do that as well. Uh, you know, it, it probably wouldn't happen this year. Maybe not next. But with the Echo, uh, the the Amazon offering where the voice controlled thing, I can't. Oh, yeah. I, I can't help but remember the old uh, the old show 
uh, Knight Rider where they had Kit, the talking car. <laughs> yes. How cool would it be if you were the voice, uh, the literal voice of the Jeep where you would say, you know, uh, how far is it to blah, blah, blah. And you would come on and, and tell them. <laughs> you would literally well, be the I voice tag, of the Jeep. <laughs> I did tag Uconnect on several posts. And one of them, one of my favorites was, and I did it in a video and I did it like in a meme thing, is I said, I am the voice, I've been the voice of trains, planes, and I'd love to be the voice oh, inside beautiful. your automobiles because I am the voice of Garmin avionics. Oh, um, wow. So I'm the one that goes, pull up, pull up, wire, wire, oh. you know, landing gear wow. down. You know, I do that for Garmin. And then I am the voice of the Amtrak Acela Express. So I, I would love to be the voice inside of the Jeep automobiles. I'd love to be when, the Uconnect voice and never heard from them either. <laughs> when did you um, start doing the um, Excel Express? Because my husband used to take that all the time. I'm going to have to have him listen and see. <laughs> I told oh, you. yeah. And if he could, you know, it's so funny. I'm always asking people if they can take a video for it because funny little side story. So I, that's one of the first big jobs I ever did. I mean, it was huge. It's a big job. Um, and basically, you know, I welcome people aboard the Amtrak Acela, and I'm still doing it. And Mark Maester, who's who works for Amtrak, continues to use me, bless his heart. Uh, and I love doing it. I love being the voice. So because it was my first big job, Brian and I took the girls on it from D.C. when we were visiting our friends in Baltimore, from <laughs> D.C. to New York. And I was so excited to share with my family this big thing that I had done. And we get on there, and it was somebody, you know, going. <laughs> 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 and, and when the, when the guy came through to get our tickets, I was like, "What happened to the announcement?" He's like, "Oh yeah, it's broken." <laughs> <laughs> oh great! <laughs> so I'm going really. You know, we had paid all this money because the Acela is not cheap, and no, uh, it's but it's fast yeah. and it has Wi-Fi and all this other great stuff. Right. And I can tell you all about, you know, the magazines that we offer for free and the type of coffee that's served on it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was <laughs> such a bummer. Uh, and uh, I still give Mark a hard time about that. But I, I am so I'm so excited to voice for that train. It's always fun. And sometimes people take little videos. I'm like, I'm tr waiting for a, <clears throat> a good video so I can put it on social media. All the ones that my friends send me usually have people talking over it. I'm like, listen to that. Listen to the announcer. She's going to tell you, you know, where to put your bags and. How to get off in case there's an emergency. Yeah, listen to yeah, this. He, um, yeah, he used to take the train from D.C. to New York like every other week. Um, wow. He do it, I know. He doesn't do it anymore, but if he ever goes up there again, I'll let him know to videotape the voice on the train. <laughs> yes, or if you want to tweak him out, you know, if he didn't like that job, just let me know and I'll send you a recording. You can just play it while he's sleeping and watch oh, him yeah, freak out. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Actually, one time I was being directed by a lady. So a lot of times a client will live direct me. It's all remote, you know, or not all remote, but mostly remote. And I heard myself in the background. She was on the Amtrak Acela Express. And I said, are you on the Amtrak Acela Express? And she goes, yeah, how do you know? And I was like, because I just interrupted myself. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. So Kelly, I'm going to steal something from Josh that he says quite often. Uh, but uh, instead of uh, uh, directing it myself, I directed it at you. Kelly, you're kind of a big deal. And I don't know about oh, the no. Tammy and stuff here, but I kind of feel bad about just bothering you and talking to you. You need to be busy resting and getting getting ready for things. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you, that's so kind. And I am so not a big deal. If you knew what a dork I am. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I'm a total nerd and I own it. That's okay. At least I, I don't try to be cool. I'm just saying you have a lot of accomplishments and I, I can't express to you how, how nice it is for you to take time and be here on our show. It, it, it's a great story. We're, we're running very long here and I haven't even apologized I'm for sorry. yet. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. No, no. I'm sorry because we're keeping keep you. you we, we try to yeah. keep, tell our guests 20 minutes and uh, I'm just sitting here enjoying the conversation. So Yeah, it's a great conversation. So are, are you a Seinfeld fan, fan at all? Yes, uh, actually, I've I've seen him live a couple of times. He actually came oh, here to Little gee. Old Athens, Georgia, recently. Oh, that would be so fun! I, I actually tried uh, tried pricing one one time when he was here in Houston. Uh, the the Seinfeld show is what I was referring to, where where George becomes a hand model. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Do you have to be careful with your voice, uh, or you you know I don't know you wrap it up and. <laughs> Well, it's not so funny, I, and things. I have a confession to make because, uh, and, and and I'm not making fun of my colleagues, but there are people who take it very seriously, um, and you know have ENTs on speed dial and everything else. <laughs> and I just, you know, I love what I do, but I can't. I'm not going to alter my life or you know totally make other people's lives awful. As I'm like, oh wait, you know, you can't do that. Now I will say, I am a horrible caregiver when anyone I love is sick. Uh huh. You know, I'll be rolling stuff into the, here's your, you know, they have stomach bug. Here's your Gatorade and rolling it in, you know, or, uh, you know, just I'm awful about washing my hands all the time. My hands are always really dry. So, I mean, I take precautions, but I don't go overboard. And I'm not sure if you remember, but when you first asked me back, I was all set and ready to go. And then I lost my voice, mm-hmm. which is devastating. It's it's like a carpenter breaking his arm or her arm, mm-hmm. you know, it just you can't work uh, and and you just give all that away to, you know, friends in the industry that sound like me. I just, you know, give them, I just give them their names to my clients. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be so, honest yeah. with you. I, it, 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 I had flashbacks of that uh, beautiful girl that I was trying to ask out and she always said she had to wash her hair. So I wasn't sure yeah. if your voice was uh, I, <laughs> a problem. I gotta problem. drink some tea. I'm drinking tea <laughs> or I'm resting my voice. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not crazy. Like I went to the national championships because uh, UGA, you know, playing Alabama for the national championship. And, you know, I did a couple dog calls, but I really mm. try not to be very loud um, mm-hmm. yeah. because I, I can't, I can't really scream or yell or anything like that. This is such a cool thing. I mean, the story, what you went through, it was a a, a tragedy, but it came out great in the end and uh, just a cool job just to be able to use your voice, uh, truly a gift from God and to be able to make a living at it. I just think Mm -hmm. that it's just amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's just really, really cool. And I just want to thank you so much. I think it's pretty cool too. I I love it. And um, my youngest daughter does it too. Uh, So if anybody out there needs the voice of a a snarky teen, she's your girl. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like she was the voice of uh, Five Below. And then she just did one for, um, oh my gosh, it was for a big, big retailer. And it was so funny because she was really, really sarcastic in it. And and I, it was hard for me to record her and not laugh. <laughs> you know, because she's like, she would ad lib stuff like, and I want my black dress back now. <laughs> I mean, she just was so funny. Oh, those are those are actual memorable things where people actually pick up on that stuff. I'm very much that way with commercials because when I see hear something that's just the right way and it just it just triggers me. I just I have to watch that commercial or listen to that commercial over and over again. It's it, you just never know what's going to be the right thing for uh, people to hear to trigger them. Um, Absolutely, and you guys all have great voices too. You really, oh, I mean, you. you do, and I know Josh does some voiceover. I'm really, really sorry for keeping you here so long. Great story. I mean, just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish that you 
the the Jeep thing had worked out. We don't know that it won't uh, happen exactly. soon or even in the near future. Uh, but uh, so uh, just thank you so much for sharing that and being so candid with us. Now, I, I know you mentioned Facebook and so on and so forth, but uh, for the folks that uh, this is the first time they're hearing uh, from you or they realize they're hearing from you, uh, how would people <laughs> <laughs> how would people uh, be able to contact you on social media or, or keep up with your story, keep up with what's going on? Oh, that'd be great. Um, especially if any of you guys, you know, know dealers or have a relationship mm-hmm. with dealers that might be able to use a voice or anybody who could use a voice. Uh, KBVoiceovers.com and that's K-B-V-O-I-C-E-O-V-E-R-S.com. There's no hyphen, just KB Voiceovers. On Twitter, which I'm not as active on Twitter, um, but I'm out there sometimes. And that is at KB underscore voiceovers, all one word. Instagram, which is such a blast. I love Instagram, is at KB voiceovers, all one word. And on Facebook, you can find me under Kelly Carruthers Buttrick, or you can find me Kelly Buttrick, uh, K- Kelly Buttrick Voice Talent is my professional page. And usually that's where I talk about all my business stuff. Um, but as a, as a voiceover talent and really anybody working in the gig economy, we are our brands. And so, um, you know, I mean, there are KB voiceovers is Kelly Betrick. So I can't, I, you know, I, it's, it's not easy to hide behind a logo or a tagline. You know, I am me. And so my social media reflects that there's a lot of, there's a lot of me in it and pictures of my dogs. Cause now my daughters are teenagers and they won't let me post their picture. <laughs> oh, of course. So, so I know you mentioned it in the interview, but give us a quick rundown of where, cause people will go, Oh my gosh, she's a voice. Maybe I've heard her before. Give, give people a quick rundown of, of the things that they may hear you in. So I do a lot of work for Pandora and um, they're, and they are just, wow, they're so great. Uh, They're one of my longest running clients. And so a lot of what I do there is regionalized like the GM work. Um, And so you may hear what sounds like a local ad and uh, nationally uh, my country croc ad just got renewed. And it's kind of funny because the character looks like me, my husband says. Mm. So it's a mom and a little kid who's dressed up like a dinosaur. And she's talking about how dinosaurs, some dinosaurs only ate plants and country croc is made with plants. Um, and, and that one's still running. I just did one for Ferrero Rocher. Um, and that was for <laughs> the holidays. I did one for Ancestry DNA for the holidays. Coming up, I've got Yamaha Boats coming out. That was really exciting to do that one. Um, and what was funny is I did it from Michigan because the Atlanta airport got shut down. And I was up there for a family dinner and the Atlanta airport got shut down. So I got stranded and ended up calling a, a, a client in East Lansing and just said, hey, can I come use your studio? And that's where I recorded Yamaha Boats in the freezing, cold, snowy weather. And I'm talking about, you know, summertime fun. Um, I just did one for L'Oreal LVV protein repair treatment. That was a national ad. Um, you know, there's just, I mean, there are a bunch of them out there and I do a lot of stuff people would never hear about uh, a lot of training videos. I've done some work for the CDC, um, where I got oh. to talk about all kinds of things like any, you know, any zombie uh, stuff yeah, that's coming out? eating oh. like <laughs> fecal splatter and, um, oh. yeah, yeah, just nasty stuff. But you know how to how to protect yourself from that sort of thing. A uh, PVI, by the way, is public vomiting incident. You learn something new every day. <laughs> so you will let us know if there if you record anything about zombie outbreak or. Uh... Yeah, I wish I would have been tapped for that. That would have been so much fun. I do have a friend at the CDC, and he said that was actually a joke 
that went public. Mm. And so, you know, whoever created that joke got really uh-huh. lucky that it was well received. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if and you're feel free to say no cuz I'm asking uh for something for free here, but give people oh, give like people I said, you guys get friends and family. What you need? Give give people a little, a little sample of the the Kelly uh Buttrick voiceover. Uh say this. Red Jeeps are sexy. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm going to give you a sample of how one voice can sound. Hold on, I'm writing this down. And I know that you think I should remember that, and I probably should. So red Jeeps are sexy. Okay, so I am going to read this a lot of different ways as a demonstration <clears throat> of how one Jeep can sound different ways. All right, so I'm going to take a sip of water, which I do all the time. All right, here we go. Conversational. Red Jeeps are sexy. Sultry. Red Jeeps are mm, sexy. (laughs) High energy. Red Jeeps are sexy. Did you hear me? Sexy. That's only sexy. One more time. Sexy. (laughs) Then you can do, you know, your medical narration. Red Jeeps are sexy. Very enunciated. Um... I'm trying to, oh, we can do young. <laughs> Red Jeeps are <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> I mean, I could go on for days. That's I love what I do. I, I can do all kinds of different things. You, you know, you could do the political read. Red Jeeps are sexy. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> remember, Just don't remember ask me to you- sing it, though there was one spot that I had to sing while gargling water. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was supposed to be singing in the shower, and so the engineer, and thank God this was not done in an outside studio where the client was watching me. I was in my own studio, in my own booth, in my own house, because, I mean, I got water all over myself. It was atrocious. Uh, so, remember that thing you said you learned from the CDC about, what was it, PV what? Yeah, public vomiting incident. That's me right now, Tony. <laughs> Kelly, uh, Kelly, she literally took her headset off while you were doing those. She did not want to hear Red Jeeps for sexy anymore. That's so funny. Well, I, I, you know, if it makes you feel any better, and I know that you're a big purple girl, I love my black Jeep. I love my husband's black SRT. Um, and I think, though, I think the new JL, I'm going to do the JL Unlimited Rubicon. Um, I'm thinking white. With black I can interior, do white, down, not red. Down in Georgia, that will be a nice, cool color during the summertime. Yes, I am. I'm pretty pumped about it. Our first Jeep that my husband and I bought together was a Jeep Cherokee Sport uh, back in 1991. No, 1994. Sorry, 1994. Oh, wow. And um, it was white and black with a red stripe down the side. And and I loved that vehicle. And that was, again, that was our first major purchase we made as a couple. And so this is kind of a nod to that is what I'm thinking. That's very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I still have my uh, my Cherokee. Uh, it's 20 years old. I've had it that uh, the entire time since 1998. It's a great vehicle. It, it really is. Uh, Kelly, I'm so sorry again for keeping you so long, but it's been no, just so I'm much fun. I'm sorry for fun. keeping you guys so long. Oh, no. That was a great time. Yeah. Great time. Tammy got to ask like, us- three questions. Yeah, keep us posted, though. Please keep us I posted. I will. And, and we have to have you back on uh, really soon. Let us uh, make something happen. Go over there and, uh, you know, uh, throw a tire through Jeep's window or something and, you know, come back on oh, and talk so about funny. it when you get out. 
<laughs> my friend and mentor who was just an integral part of the campaign uh, and making especially the Jeep Hair We Care happen because he was a sound engineer, died in August. Um, broke my heart because uh, he was, you know, a brother. But he, <laughs> every time I'd call him crying because they didn't respond or, you know, something had happened. Every time I called, he'd always say, we're going to go up to Detroit. He said, we're going to get you and Brian and me. We're going to go sit in that <laughs> <laughs> and make them listen to you. Um, but yeah, that would probably cross into the line of crazy. So I, I won't do that, but I'll definitely keep you guys posted. And I'm sorry I talked too much. I just, wonderful. I, I great get excited interview. about Jeep and voiceover. So yeah. no, great, I'm sorry. great interview. No, uh, awesome. loved it. No problem whatsoever. And, and ask Except these for guys, the red I don't, Jeeps are sexy. Like that. <laughs> ask these guys. Yeah. I don't lie to, to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's probably a good thing that, that I was lurking in the background the whole time because this very easily could have turned into a two-hour interview uh, with yeah. me timing in a bunch of voiceover stuff. So. <laughs> Yay! Well, you and I could talk voiceover. We can definitely talk voiceover oh, sometime. No. We could talk uh, shop for hours. I'll keep you guys hours. posted on that's my dad's sure. Jeep thing. And remember, listeners, don't tell my dad what's about to happen. Oh, that's right. And also, too, remember, listeners, send Jeep a message and ask him, what the hell? Why didn't you hire <laughs> Kelly Buttrick? For the voice of Jeep campaign, and you can fix it by hiring her now for the JL. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Mm, yep. My wife wouldn't uh, would disagree with that. She doesn't think I have uh, any any pull with God whatsoever. <laughs> 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 Kelly, thank you very much again. Hope you have a, a very wonderful uh, and very successful year, and uh, uh, all the luck with the voice and uh, keeping it uh, uh, just for many many years. Well, thanks so much, you guys, and and best wishes for you guys too. And with the new app, and uh, I'll I'll share the snot out of this. So hopefully, we'll get some more <laughs> listeners out there. Thank you. Great. All right. Thanks Take a lot. Take care, you guys. Take Thank care. you so much. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And in honor of Oregon, now joining the rest of us schlogs. <laughs> And uh, pumping your own gas. I'd like to share a story from the Nikki G childhood. Oh, no. As many oh, of you know, not. I had an AMC Gremlin. And a friend of mine wanted a ride to uh, his cousin's house, who just happened to be a hot teenage girl. And so uh, I gave him a ride. It seemed like it was a million miles away, but it was actually about three towns over. And I gave him a ride. Stayed the day there. Had a nice time. Went to leave. I was running very low on gas. So I had $2 with me. I pulled into a little mom and pop gas station and uh, pumped $2 worth. As I went in to pay for it, the old man behind the counter asked me, goes, do you normally put kerosene in your car? Oh, and, oh uh, no. Yeah. The only thing more embarrassing than uh, calling your mom for help is trying to explain to your mom why you didn't see the big white sign with red lettering that said K1 kerosene. And uh, in case you're wondering about the girl, uh, I'd like to say that uh, we dated and we got married and I'm with her today. I'd like to say that, but uh, in reality, she <laughs> never returned my calls. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Smart girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She, she's actually a jeeper now and she's an avid listener to the show and uh and she's sitting to herself oh man bullet dodged hey i wonder you if know it was, what i wonder if it was michigan jeep girl i'm kidding i'm kidding no i think there's a big age difference there i kid um, because i love 
<laughs> so you know what I'm hoping, Nikki G, I know you're listening to the show. You need to sign up for um, the Carolina Trails Off-Road Uari, um, I think I said that right, um, invasion May, the first weekend in May, because we can meet in person. Oh, I'm yeah. going. And bring oh, some kerosene. Wow. That would be, <laughs> I know. That would be so cool. Uh, it's great. Yeah. And maybe Josh can, uh, meet up with Dave and they can go off road when, uh, off roading when, uh, Josh gets his, uh, Cherokee running this weekend. There you go. I'm oh, not, I, I'm I not would, jinxing I would you. Not, I would not be a bit surprised if, uh, no, it's, it's not going to be trail ready this weekend. It's just no, going to be running no. this week. Yeah. No, I said running, not, not on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get over. I wouldn't, to some... be, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if if Dave and I have actually wheeled in, in some of the same terrain before. So it, 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 he's local to my area, so it's a very good. Yeah, chance. yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of people out there. It's beautiful, beautiful in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you there's a lot of people on the trails. Anyway, let's get over to some wheeling wear. Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation, guys. We do take a little bit of a break from this segment during the dead months of the winter, but guys, it is a new year now, and some of the events are starting to pop up, and in fact, one of the big ones, guys, King of the Hammers, in fact, that's right, guys, it's considered one of the toughest one-day off-road races in the world. It is the largest off-road race event in North America in terms of both competitors and spectators. It combines desert racing and rock crawling, has expanded from one race to a series of five races now held throughout the week. And that's right. I said week. This is a week-long event and takes place every February in Johnson Valley, California. Hammer King Productions is pleased to announce that the 12th annual King of the Hammers Week will commence with Hammertown opening to the public on Friday, February 2nd, 2018, and will continue through Saturday, February 10th, 2018. The actual King of the Hammers race will take place on Friday, February 9th, and all races from 2017 are expected to return for the 2018 season, including the Everyman Challenge, King of the Hammers UTV Race, King of the Motos, and the ever-popular Midnight Shootout. For more information, be sure to visit ultra4racing.com. That's ultra4racing.com. And hey, Jeepers, if you know of an event coming up that's happening in 2018, well, we want to know about it, too. No matter how big or how small, is your local Jeep club having an event? Well, we want to get the word out to the whole world. Shoot us an email with some details, and we'll be sure to add it into the show. Better yet, call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and leave a message night or day telling us about the event in your own words. Hey, please take a moment to take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. And we love hearing from our listeners, guys. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, pretty much all over the web. Just go to your favorite social media site and search for Jeep Talk Show. I guarantee you're going to find us there. Like a bad rash that won't go away. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Picture stories more detailed on a how-to or ask questions of the host. That's jeeptalkforum.com. And you know what? You can call us anytime, 24-7, and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. That's right. And don't forget, guys, we have a free app for your smartphone or your tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep, Jeep Talk Show. It's a free app. You got to get it. And if you're making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Don't forget, Jeepers, we want to hear your suggestions for guest interviews here on the show. Drop us a line. Let us know who you would like to hear us interview on the next Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, folks, don't forget to follow me along on my Jeep journey and all my latest five must-haves on my blog at jeepmama.com. 
or over at YouTube on my new blog. And just like our interview guest, well, I have a voiceover business as well. If you need a voice for your product or your business, please consider reaching out to me, Josh, at thevoiceofjosh.com. Check out my services at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Listen to leave our outdoor recreations and or wheeling destinations in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Fans at the native trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Please go visit www.treadlightly.org to learn more about the Tread Lightly Principles. I had more time than I thought. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought you were rushing there a bit. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Casting since 2010. Red Jeeps are sexy! Did you hear me? Sexy! That's only sexy! One more time, sexy!